Welcome to the Back to Me podcast, where we help multicultural incoming freshmen women and men manage their entire college experience throughout post-graduation to successfully transition into entrepreneurship and corporate workspaces as new hires. Everyone, it's your host, Yoli Tamu. As corporate leadership evolves, extending grace to one another will prove valuable as you pursue a career you love. In today's episode of our third annual Divine Nine series, How Sororities and Fraternities Support Mental Health Awareness, we invite back Tish Norman, Beta Zeta chapter member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. From the popular book, From Letters to Leaders, Tish contributes to its third installment by offering ways to help leverage your fraternity or sorority experience to land your dream job. Find out how she activates and maintains joy with her arsenal of wellness tools to affirm herself and the people in her community. Enjoy. We have with us back, back in full effect, (laughs) Ms. Tish Norman. She is an adjunct professor of African-American studies and executive director of Transforming Leaders Now Incorporated, her company. And she's a fabulous woman and a fantastic speaker. Hello, Ms. Tish. How you doing? Yoli, I am having the best year of my life. Yes. Now I know you are. I've been on your Facebooks. I see. I see what's going on over there. Listen, I'm going to say it until it is so. (laughs) (laughs) I said this year I was going to say that every time somebody says, how you doing, Tish? I'm having the best year of my life. Let's go. Hey. Hey, I've seen you get ready to take off and travel. Dubai, I I think I saw listed. Oh, yes. Listen, that is in alignment with everything that you and I are getting ready to talk about. That is an example, Yoli, of how you will call those things that are not as though they are. So at the very beginning of this year, I said, I will travel in 2023. I will travel to St. Lucia. I will travel to Bali. I will travel to Dubai. And I don't remember the fourth trip. It may have been a solo cruise. I don't even know. But I was calling those things that are not as though they are. That is part of the process of manifestation. So, you know, what harm would it do? Let's go. Let's think about it. Let's see it. Let's talk about it. Let's write it down. Let's declare it and let's claim it. I love it. I love it. Call it out. So, yeah, so now I'm just very, very excited to have you with us because the last time you were with us, we were talking about some diversity and inclusive issues that we'll get into again this time. But you're with us for Mental Health Awareness Month, representing the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. (laughs) Yes, and a very, very, very worthwhile and important topic, a very right now topic, right? Absolutely. So can you recap for our audience about what you do and how you serve young people? Sure. Let me start by saying this, and I appreciate you so much for your invitation to rejoin this very amazing podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends, Tish Norman does not represent nor has been deemed a representative of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. (laughs) I 
am a member. I am a proud member almost. Come on, somebody. 30 years in. All right. Come on. Come on. Not there yet, but on my way. But I, what, what is that disclaimer that used to be on TV? The expressed written consent. Like this is not affiliated with. So I am blessed to be invited on your podcast as a member of AKA, but I don't want any listener to misconstrue that my words are in some way, you know, I am a spokesperson and a part of leadership and representative of AKA. Okay. I will reference a lot of fantastic programming and things like that, that we have going on. And I'm very proud to personify what I feel is a lady of AKA, but I'm not by any means a spokesperson. Maybe come soon. I'm on my way up the leadership ladder, but, but we'll see. So no, really what I do, everybody, I'm an educator. I don't know how else to say that. I could package it up and say, coach, I can package it up and say trainer. I can package it up and say keynote speaker. But in all of those three capacities, right, even as an adjunct professor, I can package it up in any of those packages, but all of them have a common thread, which I am an educator. It just may not be within the four walls of a classroom. My education exchange may happen through a podcast platform like this. It may happen on a stage. It may happen through writing of several books and articles that I've been blessed. So, you know, learning comes in different forms. I always have said, Yoli, that I like to train and teach like I like to learn. And as a former classroom teacher, elementary, I know that there are auditory, kinesthetic, and visual learners, right? People who learn by seeing, people who learn by doing, those that learn by touch. Tish Norman, I'm all those rolled up into one. So I like a very engaging, interactive, energetic experience, a learning experience that is a sustainable exchange. And so I like to train and teach and present in a way that people will be talking about it once that space has been left by us. And so that's what I do best. That's what I do. I'm an educator at heart. Yeah. You know what? I can concur. I mean, I saw you recently for the first time in action. And when you presented for some of the new initiates, you presented School Days, the movie, for those who hadn't been exposed to it. And then you kind of did a lesson on it versus Sands. What was the name of the second movie? So 2023 is literally the 35th year commemorating since School Days was released. And so all year long, I have been presenting and will continue to present my signature program called Are We Woke Yet? (laughs) Burning Sands and School Days. 35 years and counting. And I have to understand, Yoli, this is a different generation than when I presented that five years ago when it was the 30th anniversary, right? 30 years, five years ago, it was standing room only. People were sitting on the walls, okay? It was just that kind of interest around maybe that challenge of some of the organizational dynamics that people deal with between those two very pivotal films. So I was so glad you were able to check that out. We had a good time that day. 
Yeah, you were very interactive and it was very relatable by simply giving those visuals. So I know you're a powerhouse. Now, we've been talking about what's next for you and that you've got a series coming up and you're getting into, you know, really enforcing leadership and talking about inclusivity with some of the new hires. There's like a lot of turnaround going on in corporations. Can you tell us about your upcoming series about this? Absolutely. So I have something coming up. So a colleague of mine and I partnered together with really combined almost 45 years of combined experience in the higher education space to create a program that really advances conversation around diversity, equity, inclusion, access, cultural competency, emotional intelligence, leading with inclusivity. And we package that under this umbrella called One College Nation. And we have a series coming up this June where we are traveling to University of Massachusetts at Dartmouth to present this five-part series. And I think, if I can just pause right there, I think it's really, really important and critical in this field that I'm in to not just do a one and done. I often ask my clients on our discovery call, what is your objective? Are you just looking for someone to come in and give a speech? Because, you know, I can do that. But what sustainable resources and support are offered to those people who heard that presentation once I'm gone from campus or from your organization, your office, your business? And so that's how we've come up with these training series, or I like to call it a complete training suite to offer clients in the, I call it my five C's, Yoli, corporate, community, college, classroom, and church, okay? All five of those C's can be a strong, strong lean into professional development. I think that is a virtue and a practice that if you are somebody that's in charge of your career and you believe in continuous improvement, then professional development should be something you're committed to. Don't ever think you're going to stop learning and that you know enough and you finished learning after 12th grade or after college because you can always better your best. There's something that you can always learn from some way, somehow that you can always improve. And so I'm excited about offering that training at Dartmouth. And there's even actually some overlap. I'm doing some staff trainings here in Georgia in the southern part of the state this summer, as well as up in upstate New York. And so within the higher ed space, we know that the support comes on all levels, Yoli. It comes with the need from these programs that are student facing, but it also comes to those who support the students. And so student affairs professionals, support staff, they need training. They need that support and resources just the same. And I think not to toot my own horn, but I think that's what makes me a really, really impactful and effective trainer and practitioner because I'm able to speak to and relate to both of those communities. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful that you're saying that because, yes, the adult needs to be trained <laughs> or, I mean, you're in that corporate space, so they're all adults, but the so-called established employee definitely needs to be retrained. And I think you've been saying that there's such a high turnaround that you're finding yourself reestablishing, you know, an environment in those spaces as well. Can you speak to that? Absolutely. Well, here's the thing. So I was in Las Vegas a couple days ago 
and two waitresses came to our table. And one more seasoned waitress said, hello, ladies, how are you? Welcome to the so-and-so restaurant. This is Erica. Erica's training. And so she's shadowing me today. And so she'll be taking your order. So that seasoned waitress was training on the spot as this young lady took our orders and inputted it into her electronic device, so on and so forth. And you know what my reply to her was? Girl, we have all had a first day. We have all gone through training. We have all punched in the wrong button or we've all had to shadow, you know, someone who was already a current employee. And so I think we have to be mindful. Somebody type mindful in the chat. (laughs) We have to be mindful that people are starting over or people are starting for the first time. So keep your bar high. Don't, don't lower your standard. But if you're leading a new department, if someone has left a job and they're new in your department, if you're leading a whole new team, and maybe if someone graduated in June and now they're starting a job in July, whatever the circumstance may be, I think we have to give everybody two things, right? We got to give them grace. We have to assess grace. We have to expect grace and we have to give grace. And then we have to assess and understand what our capacity is to give grace, what our capacity is to tolerate, what capacity somebody else had when we got on their nerves or while we were training. Somebody had some extra bandwidth and some space to give us some grace. And so I think it's cyclical. Okay. I think it's cyclical. I think we have to give it. We think we have to expect it. I think we have to accept it. Ooh, that's good. We have to give it. We have to accept it. We have to expect it. All right. I didn't intend for that to rhyme, but it just did. But grace and capacity, virtues in this very uncertain and turbulent and fluctuating professional environment that we're in now amid what people have called since 2021, the great resignation. So we have to remember that. We have to remember that. Mm, Powerful stuff. Good to hear that you're actually training the leaders. You're retraining the leaders. Oh, absolutely. Because here's the thing. Leadership does not ever expire. It just evolves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So as the times change, so do the tenets of leadership. There was a time where leaders ruled with an iron fist, right? It was more of a manager. It was more barking these instructions. It was more, you know, a dictatorship. It was, it was authoritative. It was aggressive. I'm the boss. Well, a lot of times now, these departments, today's workforce looks so different with swing shifts, with flex shifts, with hybrid options with 100% remote options. I think maybe one of the biggest challenges for leadership in many cases is how would you lead a team that's completely remote? Mm. How would you lead a team and still expect performance and still expect delivery and execution in a remote or hybrid environment? And so leadership just evolves and it modifies and it's flexible and it changes and it reassesses. And so it's really what's like Play-Doh or Clay-Doh. It's, it's, it's palatable. It's palatable. That's it. Palatable. So, yeah. 
<laughs> well, it, it's good to hear that that's what you do. That's the work that you're doing and that it, it is definitely helping the younger employee as they come in. You help the leaders first. I love that. Now, speaking of that, you have a book called From Letters to Leaders. I love that title. Yes, it's so exciting. You know what? I am with a speakers bureau or a speakers agency that is actually based out of Nashville, Greek University. And we are the only speakers bureau that has put out not one, not two, but a trilogy. Somebody put it in the chat. Trilogy. <laughs> we have put out a trilogy of books called From Letters to Leaders. And the one that just recently dropped at the top of 2022 this year is our third installment from Letters to Leaders, Leveraging Your Fraternity or Sorority Experience to Land Your Dream Job. And so our first book had a focus, our second book had a focus, and our third one does too. But when I tell you we cannot keep this green book on the shelves, people are picking it up as soon as we put it down because readers, budding professionals, the new generation of the workforce that's not entered the workforce yet, but is still in an organization and deals with organizational dynamics, wants to know how they can use that experience, how they can leverage it, how they can, if they're the secretary or if they're the treasurer, if they're the leader, if they're the president of their organization, how can I begin to use some of those skills? How can I begin to practice and sharpen some of those skills that I use within my collegiate community and use those as transferable skills into the professional world? And the professional world can look like what it wants to, Yoli. It can be through the entrepreneurship route. It can be through a typical nine to five route. It could be through volunteerism, however you want that to look. Because mm -hmm. I was just sitting here thinking when you say leveraging your experience in the college realm, are we talking about the networking ability, those skills that you developed? What are some, some skills, for example? Oh, absolutely. So, so this book was comprised of the roster, right, at Greek University. And just so everybody knows, Greek University is not a building somewhere in the United States, okay? It is an agency. It is a consultancy that provides and has a roster of practitioners, speakers, trainers, facilitators that can come in and improve and support college organizations, and even advisors who support these groups that are predominantly in the fraternity and sorority life. Not exclusive to, but that is a majority of the group we serve. As a speaker with that group, I know a lot of the groups I support are within the TRIO and Upward Bound space, the McNair Scholar space, a lot of BSUs, Black Student Unions, a lot of women's groups on campus. So it's not always exclusive to FSL, Fraternity and Sorority Life. However, Greek University found it necessary because we're out here talking to these advisors. We're out here hearing straight from the horse's mouth what some of the challenges are in their position as they support these groups through sustainability. So we all came up with various different chapters. My chapter was on what my bailiwick is, Yoli, public speaking. So I talked about in this world where we what? Punch buttons. I talked about how great that is, but you will never, hear me listeners, you will never be able to replace face-to-face communication in real time, okay? 
You'll need to know how to look someone in the eye when you speak to them. You'll know how to carry yourself and have body language that conveys power, conviction, and authority and confidence. You'll have to learn how to shake a hand with assertiveness while looking someone in the eye. So there are some things that just don't expire and some character traits and some skills that will never expire as it relates to what is the number one business skill, which is communication. So my chapter talked about the essential dynamic skill of public speaking. And if you're giving a presentation on Zoom, if your boss is in or your leader or supervisor manager is in Scotland and you're in LA, you're still going to have to have a presence about you on a screen. If you're in front of an audience of one or 100, you're still going to have to have a presence about you in real time. And I've always said this before, if it's an audience ranging from ages eight to 80, every time you meet somebody new, you're giving a mini speech. Always keep that in mind. You could be sitting at a lunch at the Piccadilly in Birmingham, Alabama. And if you meet somebody new, you're giving a mini speech. So keeping things like that in mind really helps with your delivery and how you can command a presence in front of a room. That's really good. Public speaking. Yes. To the rescue. (laughs) Really powerful that you put that in a book. So now it's great to hear that this book, as you say, is leveraging their experience as a soror or a fraternity member. So now how has being a soror served you? In your life. You know what? It's so funny that that is the actual question following us just talking about public speaking because a fond memory pops up when you ask about how that experience impacted me positively. One of the first things that I did that I can remember after joining my chapter, which is the Beta Zeta chapter, Kentucky State University, 1113-94. Come on, somebody. There it is. Right (laughs) after we were initiated, our cluster hosted our regional director. And you know what the senior seasoned members do. They want to get these young bucks up in, you know, get them working. And I remember I had the honor of introducing, and that was a big deal, of reading a dossier and a bio of the regional director who was in charge of probably some five, 7,000 women. And so there I was, a junior, rising senior, introducing our regional director at a big cluster conference in downtown Frankfurt at the time at the Capitol Plaza Hotel. And we had all white on, maybe it was Founders Day. I don't even remember, but it was a big deal. And so I remember even using some skills like public speaking in a space where you had very accomplished and educated women, Black women who were leaders in their respective fields. So AKA not only was inspirational just from a personal point of privilege, like my mother, seeing my aunts and my cousins, not just those experiences, but being around women who were beautiful, who were intelligent, who were accomplished, who carried themselves with grace, style, and class, and elegance, women who celebrated their femininity, women who were social justice advocates. You want to aspire to be 
what inspires you. Am I just dropping these tonight or what? You want to aspire what inspires you. That I didn't plan on that, y'all. It just came out. <laughs> yeah. But I wants a member, right? Because it's like, I'm Greek, now what? You want to be like that which you draw inspiration from. So when you go to a conference, when you go to and attend an alumni meeting, and I mean alumni as in graduate chapter members, and you see these women holding and, and, and having business meetings, because that's what it is. You're like, can I be like you when I grow up? I mean, you're just really inspired. Just like if a young athlete saw their favorite all-star you know, quarterback or golfer, you are inspired to emulate greatness. And so AKA did that for me. AKA did that for me. And I'm a unique case here, Yoli, because I'm not one person that solely finds and establishes my identity within AKA. I use that organization and an experience to enhance what I already have. So I bring what God has blessed me with, with my talent and my acumen and intelligence and skill set to bring to the organization to serve, to make it better as it does for me too. That's fantastic that you said that, that you're bringing your powerful essence to a great organization. You're already powerful. Yeah. I was never going to be known as, oh, that AKA Tish. That right. wasn't the goal. See, we had a different, unique experience. I didn't join till my senior year of college or was it my junior year? Some of, I was, I was an upperclassman. Okay. Everybody. And so I had a little bit of time to get to know me. I had a little bit of time to develop and be on my own as a young woman at 19, 20 and 21. Okay. And so when you get to go through, you know, who you are becoming your young adulthood, it oftentimes is at an advantage when you can be in an organization that makes you better. Yes. Celebrates you. Love this. Love this. So now we're in Mental Health Awareness Month. And I mean, you're full of self-awareness. You're full of self-esteem. <laughs> so how do you keep it together? How do you take care of yourself? I said something to somebody the other day. We were talking about relationships and stuff, that, right? The stuff we talk about all the time. Right. We're all broken. And you'll be a blessed individual if you and your brokenness is able to find someone in their brokenness and you all's brokenness works together. Like you're able to get it together because you can have a gazillion dollars, you can have perfect job, a house and a car, and then you hate what you look like in the mirror. You can have the best body banging ever and you can be aesthetically beautiful, but you can have challenges in other ways. So that's what I mean when I say we're all broken. There's some challenge that we all face on this journey called life. And with May being Mental Health Awareness Month, I think it's critical that we equip and we empower ourselves all the time with an arsenal, Yoli, okay? With an arsenal of support and resources that can help catapult, ignite, and activate our joy in life. And so for me, 
Some of the things I do, like I'm in a class right now. I'm taking a 14-week class with a group of ladies. We meet virtually every Tuesday. There was a little membership, a little tuition to pay. But we're reading a book, and it's a small cohort of six women who get together And we meet weekly for 14 weeks. And guess what? When that one wraps, I'm starting another one three weeks after that on June the 3rd. So I am making sure that I'm girded. I'm making sure that I have this stuff readily available to me. I have my phone. I know everybody can't see me, but I'm holding up my phone right now. I subscribe to an app where I get affirmations six to eight times a day. Bing! that come in through a notification similar to a text message. And I promised myself that when these texts come through, I'm going to speak them out loud. Even if I'm on an airplane, if I'm checking out at the CVS, honey, I'm going to say these affirmations out loud. I'll give you one. Today, I release older, lesser versions of myself and grow into my greatness. So that's a great affirmation that I'm going to choose to say, because we know that life and death is in the tongue. And so I'm going to use my tongue to speak life because trust me, death is out there waiting some way, somehow in a rude person, in a driver that cuts you off, in a coworker that's nasty because they hate themselves. So all they spew is hate because hurt people hurt people. So death is out there. So what are you going to do to continue to improve and support yourself? Yesterday, Sunday, I went to church virtually, but what did I do after church? I was in my yoga class at 12 o'clock. I am a yogi, y'all. Yoga has helped me not go el pollo loco on everybody, okay? So yoga, it is not something that's magical and it's voodoo and it's crazy. No, yoga is a practice of mindfulness in action. Mm-hmm. And it is about self-acceptance. If somebody next to you is standing on their head with no hands and they're ninjas holding them up. No. Okay. That's fine. That's their practice. It may not be in your practice at that time to do what they're doing. But yoga and meditation and mindfulness and yoga flows and practices teach you the art of not comparing yourselves to others. If it comes, let it. If it goes, let it. So I practice yoga anywhere from two to four times a week. I have my affirmations blinging multiple times throughout the day. And here's my coup d'etat. You ready for it before we wrap up? Come on. Yes. <laughs> you know, I got, we. how many devices do we all have, right? We got laptops, phone, iPad, iPod, shuffle. We got all the stuff, right? All the electronic things. My iPad doesn't even move from beside my bed. My iPad stays next to my bed. Every night, everybody and listeners, I'm going to challenge you to do the same. I believe in the art of manifestation. I believe in the art of seeing it, tasting it, touching it, feeling it walking in it, carrying yourself like it, driving by the house, going by the dealership, going, writing down. I got a a $10,000 gold bill, dollar bill in my wallet right now. It's a $10,000 gold dollar bill. You know, it's not real, but it is a act. It is the motion. It is the intention behind bringing these things and willing them into your life. Now, it's not going to be magic. You got to get out there and work. You got to get out there and hustle. But as a man thinketh, so is he, right? So every night, Yoli, I turn on 
a manifestation sleep meditation. I go to sleep at night to the sounds of affirmations and thoughts and meditative sounds that bring those things that I want into my life. So in the middle of the night, my subconscious thinking, in my REM cycle, when I toss over and I turn, I hear these words that are encouraging the type of life that I want to live, that I believe I deserve. So everybody, I don't know if you're sleeping alone or if you with your boo, but either way, see if you can turn on some sleep meditation. Just don't do it in your car while you're driving because you might be sleepy. (laughs) But I turn on sleep meditations at night, Yoli, and trust me, it is a tool. Yes. I have tools in the toolbox. What are you all's tools? I'm challenging your listeners. What are you all's tools? Is it your sister circle? Yoli's a part of my sister circle, my West Coast sister circle, where we talked for what, eight, nine hours? We had a we had a symposium. I think you might have arrived around two or three o'clock, and I think you left around midnight. Yes. <laughs> but we had a good old knockdown, drag out, laugh, mastermind, sister circle, business meeting, laugh best relationship. I mean, you name it. So is it that time you get together with your friends? Is it that time where you can just vent and let it out? Is it that time where you can be an ear to somebody else? You can be a rock to somebody else. Put those things in place that support you in your toolkit, in your wellness toolbox, in your arsenal, your self-care arsenal. And then just don't build the arsenal and not use the stuff. Yeah. I love how you gave explicit instruction. You keep it by your bed. It can even be as simple as going on YouTube. Oh, it's, uh, and, and I get them from YouTube. I get them from YouTube. And there's a plethora of them. If you want to attract love in your life, if you want to manifest your dream job, if you want to manifest your dream house, if you want to go to sleep and build wealth, if you want to bring money into your life, if you want, did I say weight loss? You name it. They've got them out there. They've got them out there. And that is all under the umbrella of mental wellness, mental health. Yes. Thank you for breaking this down. And I also love the fact that you said you went to church virtually, but you got out of the house and went to a yoga class. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Community. That's important that you said that. I did. Yes, I was a bedside Baptist, as they used to say back in the day. But, you know, a lot of people are attending virtual services now these days. But yes, see, my service, my church, my communion, my spiritual outlet, my spiritual food comes in yoga classes as well. My yoga instructor, she always goes to church on Sunday morning and then oftentimes tells us some of the messages in class. So it's what you do to gird yourself. Because let me tell you, honey, if you on the mountain, God bless you. Great. Mountain is good. That bird's eye view is a killer view. It's some valley experiences waiting for you. And we got to be ready for the valley experiences. Yes. Ooh. Our mental fitness, they say. Got to have that. Yes. Yeah. You know what? I do want to say this. I I know we're going to wrap up. AKA, let's tie tie all this together, right? Every 
time there is a new administration in our organization, the president, the leadership has tenants. They have programs, they have programmatic thrusts, and each administration builds upon what was previously done before. But our administration now has six initiatives, right? And our six initiatives are strengthen our sisterhood, empower our families, build our economic wealth, enhance our environment, advocate for social justice, and then uplift our local community. And so under one of those initiatives, Yoli, I wanted to prepare, you know, specifically for our conversation tonight, under the space of empowering our families, that initiative, our areas of focus, one of them is mental health awareness. And so during Mental Health Awareness Month, aka across the board, our international and national chapters will use our collective efforts to fight the stigma and raise awareness around depression, anxiety, and trauma. And so my chapter here in Atlanta, for example, we have a fantastic mental health and awareness activity that's taking place on May 13th, Saturday, May 13th, and it's called the Wellbeing Health Fair. And it's called Empowering Mental Wellness, a well you, a well family, and a well community. Of course, it's free, but it's going to be a health fair that is solely dedicated to mental health, mental awareness for yourself, for your family, for your community. So, The cool thing about these organizations is when these administrations come in, we are charged to implement the initiatives under that administration. And to prove that we're doing the work, we have to do reports. We have to make sure reports are in, documented with pictures, reports, and then turn that into the national body so that on a large scale, they know that we're out here doing the work. Mm, So good. So good. For our listeners that are thinking about, you know, becoming sorors and fraternity brothers, I mean, to hear this type of information that there are initiatives to really implement in your life and in the organization, I mean, that's powerful stuff that builds you up as an individual and not just an organization, as an individual. So I'm glad to hear this and we're so glad that you came on. Man, I knew this was going to be a powerful conversation. (laughs) I knew it was. We had to right-size what we normally talk about into 20, 30 minutes, but I'm so glad we did. So now if they want to come and learn about your book, From Letters to Readers, where can they find you on Instagram or maybe a website? Letters to leaders, 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 leaders. We know okay, leaders. letters to leaders, yes. Okay. I, I, Yoli, we know leaders are readers and readers are leaders, right? <laughs> yes. But this is from letters to leaders. Listen, you guys, if you want to get in touch with me, if I can support your organization with world-class, I'm a master trainer. So if you would need some sort of professional development training, you can find me a couple different ways. TishNorman.com, T-I-S-H. N-O-R-M-A-N, TishNorman.com. I am on Instagram at speaker Tish Norman. My website is TishNorman.com. You can find me on GreekUniversity.org under Tish Norman. On LinkedIn, y'all hit me up on LinkedIn, Tish Norman, all platforms, Tish Norman. That's it, pretty much, Tish Norman. And if you want to find the book, that is also either accessible on Greek University's website or my own personal website. Or it's on Amazon. You can find it anywhere. Yeah. 
from letters to leaders. Let's get it right. Leveraging your fraternity and sorority experience to land your dream job. That's it. it. That's it. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure, Tish. Thank you. My girl. You my girl. We got to do it again. This is round two. I'll make it round three. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Well, you take care of yourself and I'm going to be in touch with you real soon. Thank you, ma'am. That sounds good. All right. You too. Thanks again. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Okay, You take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. Enhance who you already are by equipping and empowering yourself with some of Tish's powerful resources in this week's episode notes. For more information about other episodes, remember to subscribe to the Back to Me podcast, College and Beyond. I'm your host, Yoli Tamu. Leave a review at the end of this podcast. If you would like to learn more about other special events, join the Back to Me podcast Facebook group or simply text Back to Me to 833-206-4565. Until next time, be well.